Hello and welcome to Made to Measure, the podcast of the Journal of Trading Standards. I'm Paul Evans. In this episode, we're talking about communications. This is a crucial component of any successful organisation, but because the ways in which people spread and receive information have changed and continue to do so, it can be a real challenge to reach the people you need to in the most efficient and meaningful way. This is something the comms team at CTSI are very aware of, in the face of overarching cuts to resources across trading standards and the explosion of communications channels, they have adopted new and sometimes innovative approaches to getting the word out. And because so much of what trading standards does is about raising awareness, that ability to spread the word is vital to the profession's continuing and important work. In this week's podcast, I take part in a conversation with Eleni Halkadu, CTSI's Director of Communications, and Kerry Auger, CTSI's Communications and Press Officer. We talk about their communications strategy, the value of promoting CTSI's message, and the need to embrace new technology in the continuing battle to capture attention. My name is Eleni Halkidu. I'm the Director of Communications at CTSI. My job entails dealing with communications aspects across the Institute as well as within the trading standards profession. The communications team works closely with policy in that we align the messages that policy uh, bring to us so we can communicate them in the most effective and efficient way. So I'm Kerry Auger and I work in the CTSI press office. I've worked at CTSI for Uh, 16 years, so quite a long time and I've obviously seen big changes in that period. Um, My main jobs are dealing with press inquiries, fielding these out to our lead officer network to keep the trading science profession name within the obviously public uh, domain, which is, you know, predominantly why we're there. We work on our journal trading standards publication. That's something that we've been working towards for the last 18 months now and we've got a few issues behind us and hopefully you you know you're all enjoying the new look publication. My name's Paul Evans I'm the managing director of Fourth Estate Creative. We started working with CTSI about 18 months ago to help them to launch the new communications brand Journal of Trading Standards. We produce the magazine which is a biannual magazine and the content website Uh, which we update regularly. That has an email newsletter going along with it and social media and so on. Uh, We also produce videos and a podcast for the Journal of Trading Standards. CTSI is the voice of the profession uh, and our goal throughout the the contract has been to, to help them to communicate and to lead the debate on trading standards. So, Eleni, what are your main priorities in terms of the messages you want to get out at the moment? Well, overall... And actually, interestingly, we are currently working on revamping our communication strategy. Our aim is to turn influencers into advocates for trading standards, eligible non-members into members, members into supporters and businesses into customers. Now, obviously, in order to do that, we need to ensure that all our messaging is aligned across the profession. And what are the obstacles to that? I feel that there are a number of issues that affect our means of communicating with members Firstly, um, not all members uh, will be using the same platforms. I don't want to sound ageist in any way. However, you know, there are people that would not, would not look at their emails at all. They, you know, they're not aware of social media and they don't necessarily use it. 
So immediately we have an issue where we may have to write a letter to somebody to ensure that actually they have read and understood changes uh, within legislation or anything that's affecting the, the trading standards profession. I want to bring people into the 21st century of mm. technology, but that doesn't work for everyone. Mm. Mm. I mean, we can see the issues right now um, as we're working on a, on the big membership debate with the policy team. And, you know, we're struggling to find a one way that works for all in order to reach our members so that they can voice their opinions of how they feel about membership categories, for instance. And, you know, what we have to do is we have to adjust to their needs because uh, there is no other way. You know, I mean, for instance, sometimes it does work actually better to go, you know what, why don't we have a focus group and bring in a lot of people in so that they can voice their opinions because I want to, you know, a face-to-face -face meeting may, may be better. And then you look at um, maybe like a like an older member uh, who's maybe above 65, maybe retired, but still maintaining membership, who still wants to be informed and wants to receive their hard copy magazine, which I love because I love the smell of new magazines. But, you know that's a person that we need to reach by writing them a letter. So, yeah, it's it's a bit of, it's a bit of an issue, but we just have to adjust to what they need rather than what we feel we should be doing. So, Kerry, as you mentioned, you've been at CTSI for 15 years. During that time, you must have seen a lot of changes. What would you say the main shifts have been? I think the main shift is that we've gone from having a printed monthly magazine and obviously there's some members that still would love a monthly printed magazine but you know it's not we can't we can't do it from a resource point of view from a budget point of view you know there's cuts being made everywhere and that's had to be applied to the communications team as well so we've had to say right well you know what what is a good compromise for our members what what can we give them as a minimum what can we expect that you know this would still sort of help to to highlight the key issues to them so we decided on the biannual magazine and I you know, and the feedback from the members has mostly been positive that they do feel like that that is the right level of communications and that they still feel informed. And obviously with the addition of the Journal of Trading Standards website, that's a constant feed of updated news. You know, we've never had that before. We've never had a, a capable platform where we can actually update it with current news, currently what's going on, what they need to know and something they can be interactive with. We're always looking for story ideas and we're always asking the profession to come forward with things they'd like to see on there and that's something that we'll, you know, we'll keep pushing out and with the newsletter that goes out every couple of weeks, um, that highlights the news that is on the website. So even if our members don't have time to regularly visit, you know, visit the website daily, they can look at that thought nightly newsletter and go okay this is great that's an article that's interested in what I'm doing at the moment I will go on there and the hope is obviously while they're on the website they'll see other news that's of interest podcasts they'll see videos and they'll share that you know with non-members as well we're not just what we do is not just for members it's also for non-members so I feel yeah that you know times are changing and we're trying to keep up with these changing and the needs of the members and the profession. And Paul how do you come into all this? The challenge for us when we when we first started was to find a way of getting information across to the profession, to members of CTSI, obviously, but also to the wider profession and also to a, a wider audience of, of interested uh, business professionals to whom it might be uh, relevant. There's also obviously a lot of consumer interest in the, in the content that we cover. So that gives us a very wide audience. And as uh, 
Lenny has said, it's very difficult to find a single way to get through to that audience. They won't all be consuming media in the same way. It's not just Journal of Trading Standards, but all sorts of content brands that have had to find ways to expand what they do and to give content to to readers in, in a format that's relevant to them. So some people are going to, to want to sit down with a magazine. Some people are going to uh, go online. Some people are going to, you know, perhaps be listening to a podcast in the in the car. Um, our goal has got to be to try and get those messages out on as many different platforms as possible. Now, the, the, the biggest challenge for us is that trading standards is an extremely wide profession. It covers a, a huge number of areas. And on the online platform, our goal has got to be to publish the latest, uh, most urgent, most important news. And at the same time, there are maybe uh, 25 to 30 different sort of key areas of trading standards, uh, all of which we want to, to keep up to date with. So it, it is a challenge about uh, selection. Uh, you know, it's deciding what, what to publish uh, and when. And all of these things really matter. And I think that, you know, the difficulty to us is, is that we've sort of realized as we've gone through, you know, the, the, the team that's been working on the, on the brand has sort of realized the importance of all the work that Trading Standards uh, does. It's something that, you know, I personally uh, probably didn't realise the extent of the of the enforcement work that goes on in so many different areas and, and how important it is. Uh, enforcement is one of those things sort of like insurance. You 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 know, when it's working, you're, it's invisible. You, you're not aware that it's happening. So we've really realised how important these messages are. And the key for us has been, you know, how to find ways to get those messages across uh, in, in a format that will impact people. Within CTSI, we have uh, some strategic objectives that we're all uh, working towards. And most of our members and non-members may be aware of some of them, but I'd like to just take this opportunity and actually say that, you know, how we're working to achieve them. I mean, for instance, what we're doing is we want to deliver competency pathways that support our professional aims. And this is where... Our qualifications team has been working really hard, you know, getting everybody on board with the new qualifications. And it is a big, big task for the comms team to actually um, share these messages and get get them filtered down to all the people that need to hear them. Uh, so previously, say, for instance, we tried to reach all the various individuals that need to hear about it through the heads of service. But sometimes it doesn't get filtered down. So we need to expand and we need to consider the ways of how we are going to get these messages to the people that need to hear them. I mean, I, I spoke a little bit about membership and how important it is to get messages to the members and make sure that we incorporate the differences between the members that we've got. But there are, of course, others. There are uh, organisations that we work with. Um, so that's one of our other um, objectives, which is to deliver income that enables us to invest in our charter aims. So obviously we're working with organisations. So... It is a different way of how we need to communicate with them because they are, you know, a customer, basically. Mm. It's a completely different way of how we need to reach them. Leading debates uh, that shape and promote um, our profession and how we work within trading standards. That's where we work really closely with the policy team in getting these messages out there. Sometimes um, a policy might be considered, but um, if anybody has worked ever in policy, you'll know that these things take time. And for somebody, if anybody knows me a little bit, you know how impatient I am. I'm, an, I'm a bit of a now person. I want things done now. So it does take time to get things out there and to share them. But um, it is one of our key calls to action. It's our key objectives. And we need to 
work together as a you know as an organization as an institute but alongside with members and lead officers to actually um get these debates out there to get us heard uh, to get our key messages understood and actually heard in the right places mm. and obviously that then leads to the to our final objective which is to support members so that they're proud to be part of uh, the institute but i think it should go beyond that it shouldn't just be us supporting them there should be support from the other side as well because if we work together we can achieve so much more resources have been cut as you know and con- continually this is not this hasn't stopped it it continues mm. and that doesn't mean that trading standards is less significant. In fact, if anything, it is more significant to now use all platforms that we have available to get our messages out there so that, you know, we, sh- we still show in spite of all the resource cuts that have happened, we're still achieving. And I think that sometimes we don't shout enough about it because we just don't have the resource. And, you know, I mean, you know, I've had conversations with members at uh, symposium where they say, oh, why didn't we say this or why didn't anybody you know go go uh, to a specific event that happened and it is literally down to resources because just like within all the authorities we are only a very small team ourselves so it would really help us for them to come forward and say actually that's happening and we should get engaged and then we can maybe consider things because we want to hear from people Kerry perhaps you could tell us a bit about some of the specific campaigns you're focused on at the moment so we've been working with the Office for Product Safety and Standards and we've been highlighting areas of, of concern, consumer concern. So we've been looking at button batteries. Now that's something that probably I, I think as a comms team we can all say that we've learned something from that campaign. You know, button batteries are in everyday items in our household that I personally didn't know they was in and those dangers to small children. And the the fact for local trading standards is that they don't all have a communications team. They, it could be a trading standards team that has one trading standards officer and the breadth of what they're expected to cover is immense. So by running these campaigns with, with the office, we're able to produce uh, resources that local trading standards can use to get the messages out there, to reach their consumers, to advise businesses on best practice. So it's been a really good flow, you know, working relationship with them where we can help highlight like these these key areas so we've got um blind calls coming up that's obviously another big area uh, that you know we'll be covering we'll be producing resources to help the local trading standards to get these messages out there there are still blind calls in homes that don't meet the regulations and actually there are very simple mechanisms that you can put in place to make them safe and it's just about raising that awareness um we've also got coming up we'll be doing our halloween safety so looking at the flammability of Halloween costumes and how you can keep children safe. Then we'll be rolling into fireworks and Christmas. So it's all key areas for trading standards. And it's about producing resources that they can use, that we can help to spread the message. We can work together. Obviously, we know that a combined voice is a lot stronger than one person shouting about one thing. So that's really our aim. Um, we've also got National Consumer Week coming up. And that's a consumer protection partnership campaign. So that's where various different consumer organisations come together. So that's the likes of Systems Advice and National Trading Standards. And we'll come together to work out a group messaging, you know, what is the subject we're going to be looking at this year, the key areas, and we'll, you know, just combine together to make that a stronger you know, a stronger campaign. So that's quite key for us. So as part of the Consumer Protection Partnership, obviously we sit down with Bayes and Cite, NTS, various others, and obviously we produce messages that are aligned. 
which mm. is very helpful because it doesn't matter where the press goes to, they will hear the same thing. Mm. And, you know, as I said, together we are stronger. So we put in out a message and then it gets shared across all their platforms, all our platforms. We have our monthly updates uh, direct from our CEO, Leon Livermore, and that's really to give an insight into what the Institute has been, you know, what's been going on for the Institute and what's looking forward for the Institute. And it's a way to really highlight the big hitting issues of, you know, what we want the profession to know. Obviously, this is a membership send out. This does only go to members of CTSI. So it's a, you know, it's a member benefit for them to have that insightful information into, you know, who we're working with in policy, who Leon's meeting with, who he's been having conversations with. So it's, you know, we think it's a crucial piece of membership communications that goes out on a monthly basis. Um, and you would have seen in the last Leon's update that we're just embarking on the big membership debate. So this is going to be a survey that's going to be looking at the uh, various different aspects of CTSI and the membership and the categories and it will it will involve lots and lots of different questions that we can help to shape what the future of CTSI is so we would encourage everybody to when the survey's out obviously we'll let you all know is to actually take the time to fill out that survey because this is your chance to have your say and the other thing that we would like to stress as well is that this survey is not going to be just for CTSI members to complete this survey is going to be for everybody amongst the profession so we would encourage you to you know tap up your neighbor in the office and say you know what well, I know you're not a member of CTSI fill in this survey why are you not a member of CTSI what would you like CTSI to offer to their members to you know to consider for you to join because we'd love we'd love you know every trading sands professional anyone really working in consumer protection to be a member of CTSI that would be that would be a wonderful goal and obviously you know we would just encourage everybody to fill this survey in so we can get as many views as possible. It must be particularly challenging to communicate CTSI's position in relation to Brexit at the moment when there's obviously no clear idea of what's going to happen next. Given that there is no guidance uh, relating to Brexit because it is uncertain for everyone, that was the reason why Brexit Think Tank started. As you know, we had all experts come together to give their assessment of how they see problems arising. This doesn't mean that these problems will happen or, or, you know, or could, but there is a likelihood that it may happen. We are preparing uh, so it's not like, you know, we sat back and we, we thought, well, you know, because there is so much uncertainty, let's just wait and see. No, we actually sat down and we considered in any circumstance what could change and how could this impact on consumers. There is some amazing research um, that's been brought about by the Brexit Think Tank uh, findings from lead officers um, uh, that was led by uh, head of policy, Craig McClue. Kerry, a big part of what CTSI is about is working with business to promote trading standards. How does that relationship work from your perspective? I think we still have this notion that trading standards is there to put stop marks in. You know, they're there to stop you from trading, to put all this red tape on you and to slap you with all these regulations and fines and things. And in reality, that isn't the case. 
trading standards are there to support businesses. They're there to advise. This is a free service to a business. So a business in their local area where their head office is based, they will have a local trading standard service that is there to offer advice and support. And again, that is at no cost to that business. So that advice really is invaluable and you can pick the phone up and you can contact that local trading standards and there will be somebody there to support you on quite an actual personal level and they want you to do the right thing. They want you to get it right. They don't want to, you know, just to tell you what you've done wrong. They're there to help your business to grow. So I think it's been really key to sort of spread that message that actually trading standards are your friends. They're not not there to take you down. They're there to support you. We have a consumer codes approval scheme um, at CTSI. So we actually have uh, various codes of practice that businesses can sign up to. So that's, you know, a way that a business can say, look, you know, we're at the pinnacle of our consumer protection. We we take this seriously. We work with our local trading standard service to to look after our customers. So that's one way that, you know, a business can look to join a code of practice. We have Business Companion, which is a website, which again, this is a free resource. So that information on there to a business, as I see, obviously I don't run a business, but if I was a business, that would be my first stop of where to go for trading standards. Laura explained, and it's simple, easy guidance. You can download it. You can set up um, updates. So when there's been a change in law or advice, you know, that will come directly into your email inbox. I mean, I don't know any other service that gives you a free advice like that. So really it's trading standards law at your fingertips. So I think really for us, it's been about communicating that trading standards is good for businesses. You know, we want to work with businesses. We don't, we're not there to be a hindrance. So it's a two-way process, obviously. You know, if if there are things going wrong, then yes, of course, we will, you know, the local trading standards will address that. But they would, they'd rather do the advice bit first to help you to go on the right track. Just going back to cuts, do you think that at a time when trading standards resources are more limited than ever, communications has a, a, an increasingly important role to play? I mean, in terms of getting the message out about a particular consumer threat, for example, when previously that threat might have been somewhat mitigated by there being more feet on the ground. I personally think that communication is as important as it's always been. Mm. It's just that we need to now find methods that are more effective Mm. and reach more people Mm. because of the resources. When I think when I think about how we used to communicate in the past, where it was simple to send a letter to a member mm. um, and then you wait until you hear back and it's quite lengthy. Whereas now, obviously, it's immediate. Uh, if if somebody has an issue, all they need to do is basically go on social media and mm. put a hashtag and um, tag the organisation that's relevant and immediately you have a response. Mm. But, I mean, let's not forget that it is not our duty to deal with consumer issues directly it is for the trading standard services to do that and us to support them from my perspective there's an extent to which external communications uh, have become more more urgent we prepared a film uh, recently which was originally used at the ctsi symposium on a plenary session which was about preparedness for regulatory crises and in that film we went through you know, what had happened during foot and mouth, the horse meat scandal, and obviously what had led up to um, uh, Grenfell. So we covered Whirlpool uh, and then we covered the Grenfell fire. And what was really clear was that these crises can come out of the blue. 
and in a sense they are more likely to happen when cuts are are, are, are meaning that that um, enforcement resources are reduced we won't have any warning you know if one of these is just around the corner and so quietly trading standards has been disappearing over the last 10 years you know 50 percent uh, reduction in the in the force and i think that's a real risk that you know both consumers businesses uh, and of course politicians need to be aware of um and it's something that you know i feel quite strongly um is really important to to communicate and and of course it's it's very important the work that we do on journal of trading standards that we communicate to trading standards practitioners uh, that we help people to have the resources that they need uh, to spread messages at, at a local level uh, and to make sure that everyone is is sort of up to date with with changes in the in the profession but i think it's also really important just to communicate to the wider public how important trading standards is because certainly before i came to this contract i don't think i really gave much thought to it and i don't think i thought about how important the work that they do is but it's really really crucial and so f- yeah from our perspective we've started to sort of think well hang on this is uh this is something that, that urgently needs to be communicated to people and probably there is a higher level of risk uh, now than there was you know when when foot and mouth happened so yeah our, our experience in that has been that um you know it's it's really more important than ever to get that communications piece that shows society at large if you like how important the work that uh, ctsi and trading standards do is paul mentioned earlier i mean you don't really see what trading standards does until something goes wrong and this is it because you know foot and mouth uh, happened and then but then money came to trading standards so that it can be resolved the same with uh, horse meat grenfell has happened i mean it is rather reactive if you think about it and why should there be deaths before you need to start reconsidering how much resource there is to deal with issues like this and obviously this is you know we this is about playing with people's lives if you think about it I mean what happened at Grenfell obviously the report's not due until next year but there are indications I mean some of the stuff that I read that you know there were safety issues Um, and obviously this is really important to consider because if you always wait for something bad to happen before you then throw money at it, would it not be better to maintain a certain level of resource um, rather than have to deal with the consequences? I think local authorities have a very difficult decision to make when they have reduced budgets uh, on where to put that spending. And of course, to some extent, um, it's a question of you know what... The, the the people in 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 the local area want um, where do they want budget to go and i think that until awareness is 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 really raised over these issues there aren't going to be consumers out there who want to put pressure on their local councillors uh, to do something about trading standards because it's not going to be a priority for them there are going to be very few people who are even considering trading standards a priority. Trading standards has this reputation as being about red tape, about bureaucracy. And really, it's it, it's not about that. It's about public safety. And that's something that I think needs to change in the public consciousness so that political pressure can be applied at the local level uh, and that local authorities rightly then are able to, to, to make a proper uh, balanced judgment about what the local community wants and what they value. 
So Eleni, just to wrap things up then, what would you say to people who want to reach out with ideas or who want to work with CTSI to get a message across? Well, Richard, you see, we want to communicate relevant value propositions for our members, but we are aware that this can only happen through meaningful knowledge exchange. And the bottom line is basically that we create value for both sides, not just what we send out, but also what we get back. But we need to be aware of what is the best way to engage with members and what works for one doesn't necessarily work for another. So what's your preferred platform for receiving information? Why don't you reach out? I don't bite. You know, you can easily contact me, speak to me, and I'll be happy to take your call. And I'll be more than happy to hear your views and um, consider your thoughts. Well, that's it for another episode. Thanks to Eleni and Kerry for sitting down with us. And thank you for listening. We'll be back again in a fortnight's time with more from the world of trading standards. If you have any ideas or suggestions for the podcast, or you just want to get in touch, send us an email to madetomeasure at jtsmag.uk. Don't forget to like and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to us. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.